Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. In a bizarre and perverse mockery of our cult of celebrity, in death, John Bonet became America's greatest cover girl. Oh my god! Go back to the damn drawing board. I Jen, from your conference. Thank you. Hi, Jen. Where'd you go? I spent the past three full days in Hilton Head, South Carolina, Hilton Head Island, for the South Carolina Counseling Association's 55th Annual Conference, where I presented with uh, one of my professors and volunteered. How many people did you present in front of? Probably 12 to 15. It was a small group. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was a good experience. It was a tough crowd. I what during my tough crowd. Well, during my introduction, I kind of made a joke, and like they heckling you. <laughs> yeah, there was like one lady. <laughs> a great day. What kind of a joke is yeah. that? <laughs> Get off the stage. Wow, she, there was crowd. one lady in the back that like had uh, tomatoes and like throwing them at me. No, I, well, I tried to make a joke during my introduction of who I was, and they just sat there and looked at me, and I was like. All right, moving on. So, um, what was the joke? I, it was like it was. I don't even remember. It was something. It wasn't like it wasn't like a classic Jen joke. It was just. Let's do another giveaway. Okay, we're at eighty-two reviews, so we're trying to reach one hundred five-star reviews. So, if you leave a review now, and we'll count those two that came in today. As part of this, but the best review up until a hundred, I'll personally throw in a hundred dollar Amazon <gasps> gift card. Oh, and you, we've yeah. got two reviews that we're going to yeah. read right now that are going to be really yeah. hard to beat. So you guys have your work cut out for you. Mm. Chevette won the last one. Mm-hmm. I sent out her gift card as soon as she won. I'm putting it on the line. I'm going to give a hundred dollars. To the best review between 80 and 100. A $100 Amazon gift card. Jen, what would you buy with $100 right now? Moving on, Nicole. Go for it. I would buy some more cooking ware. I was going to stop it. I was going (laughs) to stop it. I was going to know. I was on the spot. I (laughs) I bought more today. You did? Yes. Oh, is that your new Cousin Art pan? Yeah. 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 That's why you have to go every weekend because I have different stuff every week. I was going to stop at the Lake Rousseau outlet because I was the the Tanger Outlet there. Oh, yeah. I was going to get you something, but I. Well, it's also like crazy expensive. No, my friend Donna went and she got um, a pan for 45 bucks. I'll have to go to the outlet because there's one up in North Charleston now. Oh, they have one there now? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what you like or said. Shopping. Oh. Okay. Remember how we watch. Okay. So there's this documentary that talks about Teflon yeah. and anything that's nonstick and how it's like killing you yeah. and the fumes and all this stuff. So, you know, I checked out anything that says nonstick to it and upgraded yeah. some things. Even They're the not, butter. not all of them are, um, you know, even butter. They're not, all, they may not last me forever, but I found some like really good, like 100% stainless steel ones. And then I got some Lake Crusade on sale. All right. So you are going to have to beat 
these two reviews that just came in because these are going to count towards it. Cree Cree Mickey says best crime podcast. I have been searching for the perfect true crime podcast for over a year. Last fall, I stumbled upon Talk Murder to Me and I fell in love. I have almost an almost two hour commute to my criminal justice school. And last semester, I binged this entire podcast. I watched all the previous episodes and now look forward to every Taco Tuesday for their next episode to listen to on my way to school. John keeps the facts straight and Jen and Nicole add their flair and opinions to make it a podcast worth listening to. I absolutely love the surprise shot segment and everything about this podcast. Being a forensic psychology major, I absolutely adore when Jen brings some psychology facts into play. This podcast has so much to offer. The podcasters love interacting with their listeners and they're all down to earth. Definitely worth listening, subscribing, and being even being a donator too. I never thought I'd be donating to a podcast, but everything about this group makes it worth it. I highly suggest giving a listen. I know you won't be disappointed. Wow, wow, I think that one gets my vote so yeah. far. Shit. You all right guys, hundred dollars is on the line here. You have to beat that review. I mean Cree Cree Mickey. This, you get my vote by complimenting me, just saying. So All right. Well Yeah, and me too. Okay. Well, we have one more review to read, and um I don't know if this may or may not top Cree Cree Mickey's, but listen to this one. From Beer Truck Becca. She says, one of the best podcasts around. My best friend Milo recommended this podcast to me because of our mutual love of true crime. I listened to one episode, and next thing I know, I was caught up in dying for more. John, Nicole, and Jen are all so funny, and they're a great trio. Murder can be a hard subject for people, but these guys lighten the mood, even when we're even when talking about something so serious. I don't know of many podcasts that interact with their fans the way these guys do. Another thing I love this podcast is how welcoming and loving the three of them are. They treat all of their tacos like family and are personal and caring. These guys have helped me through a lot of my internal battles uh, just by being themselves and doing the, this podcast. And for that, I will always be grateful. 100 out of five stars from me. That's Damn. a great review. Yeah, it's very good. I already don't know what to choose. Well, we got to wait to all. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, this is already a hard choice of who's going to earn $100. That's a $100 gift card from Amazon. I'm in. That means you could buy whatever the fuck you want. You could buy $100 worth of Taco Bell gift cards. You could buy $100 worth of bubble wrap. You could buy $100. Bubble wrap? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking of things that come to my mind. You could buy $100 worth of pens. You could buy a diffuser. That's you could what buy a diffuser. Me. You could buy cookware. You could buy books. You could buy. Music, vinyl, that's probably what I would buy. Nope, you know what I would buy? I would buy $100 worth of Bath & Body Works gift cards and get $100 worth of candles. Which would be like three candles. Incorrect. <laughs> Actually, you know what I would, you know, in, in reality, what I probably would get is um, maybe like a, a set of Congo drums, which are bigger than bongo drums. Congo drums. There they're, you go. They're bigger than bongo drums, so the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're running out of room in the studio. Well, let's... Get this story over with. <laughs> Shit. We have now all gone down the rabbit hole of John Bonet Ramsey. Yes, thank you, Becca, the lovely Becca, for recommending yeah, this story. That's right, Becca. Okay, Nicole, you can read some of the autopsy report. Goody. Because I don't have the stomach for it. Oh, great. Nicole loves oh, to read no, gruesome no. things. I initially viewed the body in the living room of the house. The decedent was laying on her back of the floor, covered by a blanket and a Colorado avalanche sweatshirt. On removing these two items from the top of the body, the decedent was found to be lying on her back with her arms extended up over her head. The head was turned to the right. A brief examination of the body disclosed a ligature around the neck and a ligature around the right wrist. 
Also noted was a small area of abrasion or contusion below the right ear or on the lateral aspect of the right cheek. A prominent dried abrasion was present on the lower left neck. After examining the body, I left the residence at approximately 8.30 p.m. John Bonet was wearing long underwear over floral print panties, both of which were stained with urine. A red stain consistent with blood was also in the crotch of her panties. At the time, it was believed that the semen deposits were found in the panties on her and on her leg. This report later turned out to be erroneous. The actual autopsy took place on the coroner's lab in the basement of the Boulder Community Hospital. In addition to the observations he made at the house, Meyer noted tiny pectical hemorrhages on the eyelids. Further hemorrhaging appear, appeared on either side of the ligature furrowed around the neck. Dried blood was found around the entrance to the vagina as well as hyperema in, or gorged blood vessels, indicating possible trauma in the tissue around adjusted side of the vagina. The hymen was not intact and abrasions along the vaginal wall were visible. The fingernails were clipped for lab analysis. Okay, at first they thought semen was found, but then... But she was sexually assaulted. She was sexually assaulted. All right, here's one of the theories that the son did it, Burke, because it was almost like the fingers only. I don't think it was like penetration, but it was like inexperienced. Do you know what I'm saying? It was not a penis inserted into her, is what you're saying? Is that why there were cuts on the sidewalls of the vagina? Well, one of the one of the theories was since she was such a bedwetter, Patsy would wipe her down with such force that it would cause that trauma. But, but no one on fucking the, believes that. Not on the inside. Of yeah, her. no yeah, one believes you that. You can't yeah. break your hymen by wiping too hard. Yeah, no, no one believes that. When he made an incision and pulled back the scalp, Meyer saw a large seven by four inch area hemorrhage on the right side. Mm-hmm. Underneath was a larger skull fracture, approximately eight and a half inches long. A thin film of subracranoid hemorrhage, that is, bleeding under the membrane covering the brain, overlay the entire right cerebral hemisphere. Underneath, the gray matter of the brain itself was bruised. The small intestine contained fragmented pieces of semi-digested fruit that Meyer might believed might be pineapple. This detail became important in the investigation because neither John nor Patsy were recalled John Bonet eating anything after they left the Whites. In fact, she fell asleep in the car and did not wake up when John carried her upstairs or when Patsy prepared her for bed. Yet the state of the pineapple in the intestines suggested that it was eaten that day or evening in a bowl with cut pineapple was noted in the Ramsey's kitchen. The bowl was processed for prints and Patsy and Burke's prints were found, but not John Bonet's. Police picked up this out as an inconsistency in Patsy's story. Patsy and John said that they were perplexed by the finding and had no explanation for it. I would expect guilty people would come up with some explanation. Her skull was completely cracked open. If you write a letter saying we're going to decapitate this girl, what's the deal with the additional trauma? Well, it just doesn't make sense to leave a ransom note if the kid's dead to begin Mm -hmm. with. And plus, where was all the blood? Mm Mm-hmm. Where was all the blood? Mm -hmm. Was it in the bedroom? It wasn't in the bedroom. So, like, if a lot of people think Patsy, she, JonBenet wet the bed and then Patsy flipped out and then, like, threw her against the bathtub and it cracked her skull. Okay, that sounds plausible. Well, where's the fucking blood? Shouldn't there be blood everywhere you saw her skull? Mm -hmm. You know what's really... This is, like, the little things that just make this case so... Yeah, you know. it, and it's really upsetting, additionally, to think about, like, this poor little girl was murdered. She's six years old. And not only was she murdered, but now 
they have to put her body through all of this additional testing and like cutting her skull, her 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 scalp open and and poking and probing to figure out what happened to her. Autopsies are so important, but like it almost dehumanizes the body. Yeah, you know, it's so sad to think about. This case really pisses me. I mean, it pisses everyone off because it's little details like that. used to say like that, that literally every time. This case is going to piss you yeah. off. <laughs> like, Remember that? Yeah. Because there's no resolution and every time you think that you have an answer something else comes out yeah. to make you doubt that. It's, it's. I think it's a case that's one of a kind when you think yeah. about it. You know, you have, you have Ted Bundy's, you have Green River Killers, um, you have the BTK, but they're all, when you think about it, they all had fucked up child uh, childhoods. You know, they're all monsters. It's like, okay, they each had their own methods, and it's, you know, they're prolific serial killers. But this case in itself is one of a kind. This case has, it's, it's over 20 years since it happened and it's still unsolved even with all of the developments especially when you consider the timing of of the case like dna was just becoming so important in law enforcement and even now it's 2019 and they still have questions you know yeah john douglas talks about every crime scene has and i know like karina would like this what he calls theory of transfer All investigators operate according to the, quote, theory of transfer, which states that no one enters or exits a room without leaving something behind Mm. and taking something away. Mm. I think about, like, trace evidence. Mm -hmm. So you may leave, like, skin cells and take something away with you. That's Mm -hmm. called the theory of transfer. I think it's very interesting to think about that, you know, and which is why it's so important. Yeah. To, like, minimize the interactions with the evidence. Yeah, yeah contamination. But, like but then you go back to that, the theory of transfer. Why why didn't they find any intruders? They did find foreign DNA, but it could have been just John Bonet's mixed with something. And Are you talking about in the panties? They found foreign DNA around the body, and they also found a pubic hair that was unidentified. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. That doesn't, yeah. I remember them saying something about there being foreign DNA in her panties, but that, they said, they contributed to the actual, like, Haynes factory or something. Nicole, can you please read this? There are conflicting versions of what Patsy did at this point. According to Steve Thomas's account, which presumably came from his fellow police officers, as soon as Fleet came up the stairs shouting, Priscilla White and Barbara Fernie hurried towards the sound while Patsy did not move from the couch in the sunroom. She came in a few moments later, supported by her friends. According to John Ramsey's account, Patty essentially fought her way into the living room, rushing past him and falling onto John Bonet's body, screaming and crying hysterically. It is then generally agreed that she employed Hoverstock was something to the effect of, Jesus, you raised Lazarus from the dead. Raise my baby from the dead. <laughs> That's so weird. Wow. But I, I do want to point out that they had another child prior that died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So they uh, have already lost a child before, and she was extremely religious. And in fact, in in the uh, cases that haunt us, John Douglas actually... On a lot of her interviews, he noticed her wearing a big religious cross, and he was like, well, that's 
that's weird. That sticks out. So mm-hmm. he went back and looked at all her photos prior to this incident, and she was wearing the same one because he points out as soon as something like this happens, someone will get really religious mm-hmm. in order to try to like divert attention away from them. But she didn't. She was like always crazy religious. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that is kind of weird that she said that. Mm-hmm. That is really weird. Here is the video of Burke. This interview I'm going to show you now was more recent. And you'll notice a lot of people have also pointed out that he smiles a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's really weird. It's a Dr. Phil interview. And that's one of the things people notice. But, I mean, people handle things differently. So, I don't know. I remember the casket was small and... Her eyes were closed. I think one of her eyes was a little bit, like, droopy or something. I thought that was weird. How did you feel seeing her? A lot of sadness. I don't think I really fully grasped. Like, after this, I won't see her again. The next thing I remember, my dad came and told me, JonBenet is in heaven now. And he started crying. Then I started crying. You think he would have the strength, though? Like, because a lot of people think he did it, but I mean, you but saw the skull like it was a lot of people think he did it because there was an incident previously where he hit her with with um, a bat or something. Oh, there was if your son, your 10 year old son did something like this, would you do the same if you were the parents? Like if Burke did it and the dad covered it up, put yourself in that shoes. If that's really what happened. And that was your son that did it. Like, I meant, and you walked no. in and your son, but no, but because, that, that wouldn't explain the sexual trauma either. No, but if bedwetting is a sign of persistent sexual trauma, then who's to say that the sexual trauma happened that night? See, if I were, if I were in the Ramsey shoes and I discovered that my son had beaten my daughter, maybe it was an accident. Maybe they got into a disagreement. Obviously I would be distraught. I don't know. It would take me a long time to to forgive that. But I don't think I would create the sensation that it became. I think that I would just, I would call 911, try to get my child help as soon as possible and, 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 and handle it the right way. But not everyone handles the things the same way. I don't think that I would say someone abducted my daughter yeah, it's quite a far-fetched, like, yeah, ransom. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, of- Maybe it's he didn't think much. it was going to get that the media attention it did. Maybe he thought they would just buy it and his son would be cleared. Because, you know, I mean, you, if your son, I don't know. If, if it's your son, like, I, I, this is, I'm, I'm no criminal justice expert by any means, but wouldn't... Wouldn't they have to press charges in order for him to be penalized for it? It could have been called an accidental death. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I just don't know. You mean, did the char- parents have to press charges? Yeah. No, no the, the state, state does. Yeah, but then they'll find out. Let's say John Ramsey was sexually and sexually abusing her. Or it could have been the brother that was the one that was sexually abusing her. Yeah. But I don't see, number one, I don't see... The brother, number one, hitting her that hard with something. I mean, as a 10-year-old, you saw the crack. I mean, they... If it's an aluminum baseball bat or even a golf club, it wouldn't take the strength of a 40-year-old man to do that. Especially, I mean, it's a six-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little child. And if it was... If, so, it, if the if the fracture started along the, like, the sutures of the skull, where the... Um, not the sutures, the... 
like you know, where, but where does where it come yeah. together? Then it's a little bit more fragile. What about the blood though? There was no blood evidence anywhere. That means she had to be killed in the basement. So you heard you saw the golf clubs down there. So you heard somewhere that he had hit her once before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it was in that documentary, the A yeah. and E documentary. The theory was that she was hit with a flashlight. That's what. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so if that happened, he would want to make it look like an abduction. Because they're going to find out she was sexually abused and then be like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this all about? Mm -hmm. But Patsy never wavered, always adamant about their innocence. Go back to the damn drawing board. I didn't do it. John Ramsey didn't do it. And we didn't have a clue of anybody who did do it. Outside the Ramsey's home, a constant crush of cameras. She said right there. They did the subtitles wrong. She said we didn't have a clue. I don't know if that makes any do it and we didn't have a clue we didn't have a clue not we don't mm-hmm. have a clue yeah did you all catch that mm-hmm. so she said we didn't have a clue i don't know that's weird isn't it we yeah. didn't have a clue who did it we don't have a clue who did it I don't yeah know, it's weird just the past yeah past tense mm-hmm. it's that you still don't have a clue. yeah maybe maybe we didn't have a clue maybe it's like a Freudian slip maybe yeah i don't know this is what ifs here's john douglas's scenarios first scenario Patsy accidentally kills John Bonet in a fit of anger. Why? Well, maybe Patsy was completely fed up with bedwetting. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. She smacked the little girl across the face. John Bonet lost her footing and maybe hit her head on something hard. In the same scenario, except the motive is a little deeper. John Bonet gets ornery and sassy and tells her moms she's tired of beauty pageants and doesn't want to do them anymore. Patsy gets hysterical because now she's living her own fantasies vicariously through John Bonet. Patsy snaps. Strikes out at the child in a momentary loss of reason and control. John Bonet hits her head just as we've described above. It's one of those fluke things, and she dies or is severely injured. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what? What does she do? She wakes John, right? That's the only thing to do. I've accidentally killed John Bonet in a fit of anger. What should we do? He pulls himself together and says, We better take her to the emergency room and say it's an accident. Patsy's like, No. What if they see my hand? What if they see my handprint across her face, shoulder, back, bottom, whatever? And then they realize what happened. Okay, it makes mm-hmm. sense. You're right. Let's make it look like a kidnapping. Well, how do we do that? We'll need a ransom note, and we need to make it look like the kidnapper killed her. Let's tie her hands together and fashion a garret tightly around her neck to strangle her, just in case the kidnapping isn't believable enough. I guess we better make it look like she was sexually molested and then it could have went from there i don't know that's another interesting point <laughs> though the, weird <laughs> yeah the, that's like a, what kind of dad would say that? well that's the, that's another interesting point is the garrett whatever it is uh, is that how long does it take to you, you have to b- break the paintbrush and then you have to like tie the knots and yeah. like if you're going to strangle someone and you're in someone's house intruding them and your intent is like it just doesn't make that's another thing that doesn't make sense it's too time consuming and she died by the blow to her head yeah right no she died her official cause was asphyxiation by strangulation but rigor mortis kicks in with four hours Uh uh-huh in four hours that means she would have to been killed at like 1 a.m or somewhere around there which doesn't really fit the timeline either yeah which you know what i'm saying i do like that theory of Burke sneaking down for pineapple. That does. As we noted earlier, the coroner's report describes a seven by four inch hemorrhage over the right and a half inch skull fracture over an 
eight by one and three quarter inch contusion on the brain itself. This is a severe blunt force trauma. It was estimated for me that a blow this hard could bring down a 300 pound man. And this was a 45 pound, six year old girl. So if Patsy called the fatal blow, albeit accidentally, how did she do it with her open hand, her fists? And he goes on saying that there's no evidence that they've ever even spanked their children. Mm -hmm. But then again, the bedwetting is a case for molestation in the home, which I didn't know until I read this book. But let's say Patsy did hit her that hard. Where did it happen? In the bedroom, in the bathroom, the kitchen, the wine cellar, in the basement? Well, where did the police find a lot of blood? Nowhere. Which yeah, is another thing. That means... That's weird. Well, all right. So here's how it works. The reason there was no blood is because she died of strangulation. And they hit her just to make sure she was dead. If you get cut and you're dead... Your heart's not pumping blood. You're not shooting blood everywhere because you're dead. Uh But if you're not dead and you get hit and then you got a fracture, blood's pumping everywhere because your heart's pumping it out. Uh You know, but she's already dead, which makes sense that she would be in the basement, Uh which means that makes sense to the fact that someone came in. That's another thing, another twist. It's like fucking you get one thing that looks good and then it just twists around. Uh That's what this case fucks with you. There's also a guy in Thailand that was arrested because he claimed he did Mm, this. I remember that. Yeah. So we'll get to those. But I guarantee you this. I think this was in the house, but I don't know. Let's hear Lou Smith. This is the the guy that was going into the window. This is very important because he came out of nowhere and was like, all right, I've got a theory. In March 1997, Alex Hunter, the DA, hired retired El Paso County Sheriff's Department homicide detective named Lou Schmidt. And I'm putting the, for Tacos Primos, I'm putting the videos on there. You can see him doing his thing. He is a brilliant investigator. You're talking about a... 90% clearance rate on more than 200 homicides. This guy knows his shit, okay? The offender probably went in through the grate and the window well to the basement, then explored the entire house. He used Patsy's pad and pen to write the ransom note. Then before the family returned home, he hid and waited for them. Once he was convinced they were all asleep, he went to John Benet's bedroom and immobilized her with a stun gun those are the marks that were on her neck with a stun gun but i also want to point out that i found in a forum that there's those two little marks that i showed you from a stun gun they also put a train track up to it and it lined it up exactly with those marks too you mean like the kid train tracks yeah like the train you know the train tracks Mm -hmm. but he says he investigated all these incidents with stun guns and he actually knows the exact model that the perpetrator used Mm -hmm. which those marks are very suspect yes like those are legit which is another thing that makes you what dad is going to stun gun his own daughter i mean he it it, it's possible but they didn't find any stun guns in the house he taped over her mouth with duct tape he had brought in with him and carried her unconscious down to the basement where he could remove her from the house without disturbing the parents on the third floor he found patsy's paint box and broke off the paint handle to fashion into a garret with the cord he brought as he choked the child as part of his erotic fantasy he simultaneously penetrated her with his fingers. The unidentified DNA under John Bonet's nails and in her underpants and the unidentified pubic hair 
and unidentified palm print on the door, a high-tech brand boot print on the floor, and a scuff mark on the wall below the window all came from the unsub. The fingernail deposits occurred when JonBenet awakened and tried to fight him off. That was when he panicked and struck her hard in the head, possibly with a flashlight, believing he killed her. He left the body and escaped from the house, taking with him the articles he brought in, the cord, the duct tape, and the stun gun. Now, here's the the crazy thing. Smith also had an interesting alternative theory to the $118,000 figure. If the intruder was planning to flee to Mexico at the exchange rate in effect at the time, $118,000 would have yielded 1 million pesos. Isn't that crazy that Mm -hmm. he, like, thought of that? But I don't think I don't see that. His theory took shape when studying photographs of John Bonet's body. He noticed two sets of small red welts on her skin. Each set was the same with the two marks in the same relationship to each other. He thought it highly unlikely that two such regular marks could be coincidental. And in fact, the actual stun gun was an air taser brand. The stun gun was used for Two possible intentions, to torture her for sexual pleasure or to immobilize her. I think immobilization is probably the mm-hmm. way. But, I mean, who knows? Who has their hands on a taser, though? I mean, you can buy a tasers. A police officer. Yeah. I mean, you can buy tasers, though. Like, my mom used to have a taser. In 2006, a former school teacher, John Mark Carr, confessed to the strangulation. And he was arrested in Thailand after he'd been living on the lam after... Facing child pornography. pornography. Li- what is living on the land? I thought it was supposed to say living on the land. Oh. <laughs> the now 51-year-old initially brought himself into the mess by reaching out to a University of Colorado Boulder professor named Michael Tracy over email in regards to a documentary Tracy was making on the case. Once those emails took a disturbing turn, revealing the grown man's sexual fascination with John Bonet, Tracy reported Carr to the police, who arrested him in Bangkok as a possible, possible suspect. He was immediately flown to Boulder for questioning, but was ultimately cleared, of, cleared after his DNA failed to match the profile of an unknown male found on the wristband, waistband of John Bonet's long johns. Carr's demented confession involved a series of diary entries allegedly written from the scene of the crime. In one dramatic account, Carr recalls strangling Jean Benet in a love game gone wrong. Close your pretty eyes, sweetheart, reads the excerpt in which Carr repeatedly refers to himself as Daxus. Daxus loves you so much. Oh, God, I love you, Jean Benet. And my lover's eyes are slowly closing. That's really fucking sick. Carr's alleged involvement broke international headlines and his earnest insistence on having killed her was enough to set off a media fiasco. However, he was ultimately dismissed as a suspect altogether and written off as a pedophile who was after notoriety and fame. Officials also failed to verify that he was ever in Boulder. According to a 2010 report by the Daily Beast, the one-time suspect is now living a new identity and a new gender in the Pacific Northwest. Every time I think I'm like, I'm convinced it's this one, they present another theory, and I'm like... I'm convinced it's this one. Yeah. And then there's another theory. I'm convinced it's this one. I like can't handle I'm it. still convinced that it was Burke and that Patsy wrote the note and that it, it's in the family. Obviously, you find your daughter dead, like you're going to be upset. But you know it's an active crime case. And you like you're smart enough to know that when you're in a crime case, crime, crime scene, you're not supposed to touch anything. So granted, I know he must have been traumatized by seeing his daughter and was upset and carried her up there. But you mess, you tampered with, you, you tampered with the crime scene. He literally he tore the duct tape off. He untied her hands. And by doing that, he mm. tampered with evidence and his DNA was on that evidence. Um, and, and so the reasonable, 
that way, if they tested the evidence to, to see whose DNA was on it, they couldn't, that wouldn't stand in court because it, it's clear that his, like, it would be, right. there would be, there would be a reason that his DNA is on it. Yeah. But I want to say, as a civilian, that action that he took of removing the tape and moving the body, that is not his burden. The burden is on the police officers that let that happen. A civilian, if you see your daughter dead or your friend, if, if I see one of you guys dead, I'm not going to be like, oh, crime scene. Everyone get back, get back. No, I'm going to run over there Try and to see if you can resuscitate. Exactly. So I don't think the burden should be on him. It should have been on. Well, we beat up that detective enough last time, but the police, I think the burden should be on them for screwing the crime scene up. Mm. Well, I, another True. another point that none of us brought up last time is that, and I just thought of this today. It was actually the first time I've actually thought about this since even with my prior knowledge of the case is that why John, why just John Bonet? If they wanted something out of the Ramsey family, and I know that John Bonet was a pageant, you know, the, the pageant winner. So she may have been the pride of the family, but why not? The, why not Burke? Why not the oldest son? Why the daughter? Why not the son? Why not both of them? Mm, well, a daughter might be more vulnerable and like easier to get out versus an older boy. I mean, he was only 10 though. And if you're yeah. going to, if you're, if, all right, say, say we went with the stun gun. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also possibly some sexual things that happened. Well, I'm just saying that why not the reason, one of the reasons I think that it's could, that it has something to do with the family is that, you know, if they're trying to take like ransom, I would take, I would take both kids and up the ransom. I wouldn't just go for one. There's no sense in taking just one kid. But there is if you're trying to make a quick escape. You have yeah. to go back for two yeah, kids if two you're kids. one person. I want to first talk about something that no one would ever think about. It's the tabloid. I mean, everyone knows it's a tabloid case. All right. So the National Enquirer. Oh, my gosh. a little yes. tidbit for you. It's, it's the newspaper that no one reads. Mm-hmm. Yet it's the most widely read newspaper in the world. Yeah. Does that make sense? No yeah. one wants to admit they read it. Now, the reason the tabloids are great for a case like this is because there was a stalemate between the police and the Ramsey family and the only ones that were getting leads because sure as hell the police weren't were the tabloids. Hmm. In fact, the tabloids are the ones that got the in, the first interview with the housemaid because they paid her 20 grand and she talked all thanks to the national Enquirer, which we look at as like, scandal papers but they're so hungry for the story that they were paying these people to get any information they can when the cops weren't doing anything we're going to bring up the fact that the ramsey's lawyered up very quickly Mm -hmm. but if you actually go through and this is fucked up because we're talking about a ransom note and all this stuff the boulder police which refused to work with the fbi they refused their help actually tried to hold the body of John Bonet ransom from the Ramses for exchange for the interrogations, which huh. was fucked. Yeah, that's not and okay. illegal. So that was shut down immediately. But that was proposed, and and that why do you think they lawyered up? Why do you think they stopped talking to the police? Because the police were literally trying to hold their baby girl ransom from them. 
They were trying to fly Jabonet to Georgia to have a proper burial, and they were holding the body ransom for interviews. Fuck that. That's mm. bullshit. Yeah. And it it's is. illegal. Although I will say, too, like when they were talking about tr- them, them trying to interview, the Ramses, refi- one, they refused to let Burke be interviewed. Mm-hmm. And two, well, he's a kid. I, I understand that. But I probably like, wouldn't let my kid get interviewed. I mean, think about like Brendan Dassey getting interviewed. He was 15. You got a 10 year old. Yeah. You can I, still I have, her. Yeah. Like, I did this. Yeah. Of course. Can I can go still have can a lawyer I, present? Can mm-hmm. I have a Kool-Aid now? Like I would not let my kid get. Okay. Either. Yeah. Either way. They also refuse to be interviewed separately, mm-hmm. but you get that. They, they demanded it and but, the police let that happen. So their interviews were together, but you have to, you, like I just said, like, I don't think the blame was on the Ramses, the Ramses for doing that because number one, Boulder police turned down the FBI's help. Mm-hmm. They thought they could do it themselves. They screwed it Big up mistake. already. Then they tried to hold the body ransom. So obviously they think the Ramses did it. Why would you want to work with the police? Now the police the whole time are focusing on the Ramses. Let's get these guys convicted. You know what the Ramses did? They hired their own PR firm and they put out billboards with the the ransom note. And they said, if you recognize this font, they actually were trying to bring the killer. If it wasn't them, they were actually trying to bring the killer in when the police were doing nothing but trying to focus on them. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things that make them should focus on them. Mm-hmm. Like we were looking at the really the handwriting samples between Patsy and yeah. the note. They look exactly the same. But there's a way to go about it, not just the way they went about it was like, just it, blah, 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 blah. We're going to hold your I body mean, they, ransom. They like, screwed it up. Yeah, sure. it definitely could have been handled better. And unfortunately, that probably had an effect on the fa- the reason. It's probably one of the reasons we still don't know what happened today. Because, because it was handled so poorly, I don't think we're ever going to get John to talk. To actually sit, like, if if he does know something, I don't think we'll ever get that information. If Burke knows something, I don't think we'll ever get that information because of the way that it was handled. I know that sometimes murderers proclaim their innocence up until, like, they are about to die. Yeah, and then they may say something. But if that is the case, I really honestly don't think that we're going to get any of that information. Who thinks is Patsy? I think she's involved. I still, I don't think that she actually was the murderer, but I definitely think she wrote that ransom note. I, I'm so torn between, was it someone external or internal? I think if it was someone in the family, it was Patsy because of the hand, the handwriting is spot on. Yeah. I do want to say guys, this Tuesday, after we put out the next talk Tuesday episode, which is a different case is a very compelling case. You're definitely going to want to to hear that case on next Tuesday. The hint is a mean girl. I'm diving really deep into it. But for our Taco Supremos, we're doing a fireside chat about the John Bonet Ramsey case, and we're going to take all your questions. We're gonna have we're gonna figure this not gonna figure it out, but we're going to come to a consensus of how many Supremos think it was Patsy, how many Supremos think it was an intruder. This, that, and the other. I still think it was Burke. Patsy has some stressors in her life. They're about to go on this big vacation. It's Christmas. I mean, this is 
no no offense to any rich people out there, but they, if, if you want to call this stressors, I don't know. And she's about to turn 40. Big stressors. Welcome to another episode of Ask Tomorrow. I'm your host, Tomorrow. Better sleep makes for a better me. And Casper's cooling collection has everything hot sleepers need to keep cool all night long. Like the Wave Hybrid Snow Mattress for over 12 hours of cooler sleep. Okay, next caller. Hi, tomorrow. I need to break up with my boyfriend. Any suggestions? Uh, get him a breathable mattress protector. It helps hot sleepers stay cool. I think I'll just go with flowers. Yeah, none of my exes appreciated the mattress protector either. Casper, love your tomorrow. Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's all-natural acid and indigestion relief. A drug-free remedy for human nature. Available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There's a couple of details that will definitely paint Patsy as the main suspect. Number one, and this is what the police screwed up because they didn't actually collect the evidence right because John actually ripped the duct tape off, but that duct tape actually was placed on John Bonet from what the forensic investigators claim after her death, which makes no sense. If I put duct tape on your mouth, you're going to do everything to try to scream, including try to stick your tongue out to try to, you know, there was no indentions of a tongue or any stretches of the duct tape, which so means most likely it was put on after death, which means if you're it's trying to hold up. someone ransom, you've you duct taped yeah, duct tape the, That's probably one of the first things you do. Exactly. So noise. If someone's already dead, mm-hmm. why put duct tape on them? I mean, what's the point? So they think that the duct tape was put on posthumously another point and one of the most important things that implemented her she did not change clothes from the night before they had a huge christmas party this is christmas Mm -hmm. the next day december 26 she was wearing the exact same clothes so the ramsey's got home around 9 30 right she goes to bed apparently Mm -hmm. wearing the same clothes same makeup same everything it's kind of weird. She didn't take her makeup off and no. she was wearing the same outfit. No, same makeup, same outfit. And she says no excuse that she put on like she at least admits that she puts on the outfit from the night before. She tells that to investigators. I mean, I put on when I get out of bed, I put on like the sweatpants that I was wearing the day before that are right next to my bed, maybe and the old T-shirt. But I don't put on the black velvet pants and red sweater to go downstairs and make coffee. I throw on the raggedy ass shit to go let the dogs yeah. out and make coffee. Yeah. yeah. And like, unless she wasn't where I don't even go that far. I mean, I just I just walk around in my freaking pajamas. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't I don't even put shoes on. Mm hmm. Half the time, I walk out there barefoot in my little short sleep shorts and tank top, if, even if I go out to my car. Now, the ransom note placement, we talked in the first episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of people analyze the note. We did, too, because very interesting. But also, the placement is something that everyone overlooks. 
this indicates if Patsy did do it, the placement of the letter of this on the stairs and not anywhere else may indicate that John Ramsey did not know about mm-hmm. yeah about it whatsoever. This could have been a Patsy thing. I I could totally see that. But that would mean John Ramsey would literally have to be in his own own home while his daughter is murdered and then a huge cover up and not wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like if if Patsy doesn't come to bed, the body still had partially digested pineapple in it. So they think that she was actually killed around 1.30 a.m. So she... Maybe it was an accident, whatever. Patsy covers it up, and then she doesn't come to bed until, like, 5. Like, what is John? He's like, where were you? Like, I mean, wouldn't you know if your yeah. wife... Maybe he's a deep sleeper. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, when I was at the conference, um, like, last night, I fell asleep probably around 10. And I I passed out, and I woke up around 2 a.m. to go to the bathroom, and one of my two... Um, roommates that were staying in the same room as me, like she was, she was there, and I had no idea. Like I didn't hear anything. Like the hotel door in it, and then the other one who um went to the Fleetwood Mac concert in Columbia last night, which I totally forgot that mm-hmm. was happening. And I was like so sad because we could have gone to that. That would have been awesome. But what are you gonna do? Say I love you. Uh, she didn't get in until four a.m. And again, I didn't even hear her come in either. So like maybe he was a deep sleeper. It's possible. Yeah, and like. I don't know. Hotel doors are loud. Yeah. Now, John and Patsy both got separate attorneys. So he may have realized it was her. And then he's has this cognitive dissonance, you know, where he's like struggling this mental gymnastics. Like, should I turn her in? Mm-hmm. Should I cover up for her? That's yeah. why they eventually kind of split. They got different attorneys. I don't know. That's just a theory. And um, one of the interesting things, too, like we talked about, it was found on the stairs. It was found on the yeah the back, back stairs, stairs yeah. like that goes down to the kitchen. So, like, that's not the main stairs of the house. So either they knew that like those they, would be the ones that, that she's would... walking down to go make the morning coffee. Yeah. You can tell this story this way with Patsy and you'll go away being like, yeah, it was Patsy. Yep, yeah, they killed her. They killed her. But then I can bring in another theory with a stun gun and be like, nope, wasn't her. I mean, it's just it's but almost like it's two different cases. Could it could those markings. OK, so there there are a couple of things that make it seem like an outsider could have done it. So there's the window, but that was already broken mm-hmm. and a person could have fit through that. Um, There was a footprint, but yeah. like. That could have come I, from a handyman or someone mm-hmm. that was there. Some t- you mentioned that when we were recording last. Like mm-hmm. there, there was also a scuff on the wall going up. But that could have happened other yeah. times. Like if they ever had somebody in the basement checking the water heater, mm-hmm. that footprint could have been left then. Um, and that's that's the type of shoe that a handyman probably is wearing. Like mm-hmm. a tr- you know treaded shoe, whatever. And then the the DNA that they found on her, they didn't really run the profile enough. The scene was so contaminated, it could have been from any one of those people. Mm-hmm. So to say that that was definitely from the killer, uh, it's kind of light. Yeah. Like, it's not def- it's not definitive one way or the other. Right. Didn't they say there was rope, too? 
Yeah. There was rope, but they said it didn't come from the house. But how do they know it didn't come from the house? Because Ramsey said that it didn't. Right. But, like, that doesn't make any sense to just take that for what it is. Like, if they found it at the house, you can't rule Well, they out. also let all their neighbors come over and chit-chat. Right. But, uh, like, they, they're like, oh, this rope's not mine. Like, oh, but, okay, so you're, but you're admitting the notepad, the yeah. paintbrush, the cords, the duct tape, all did. But this rope, not yours. Mm-hmm. John Douglas and the cases that haunt us, the book that I was reading from last time, he says Patsy could not be ruled out as a suspect for the writing samples, but she was on the low spectrum. We actually looked at the writing samples today and I, I don't know. I, I don't want to, it looks pretty striking, but if you go in and you're a detective and you are so convinced that it's not the Ramseys, you will make it. I mean, you, you can't help it. It's subconscious. Oh, do you mean you the person that said it's low? Yeah, you can't. It you can't fit. approach it objectively if you already have a predetermined opinion. Even if you you're subconscious of it, you cannot. I will say the first time that we started recording, I did not think that Patsy was the killer. I was like, that profiler doesn't think it was them. Can't be. And then when we saw the writing samples, yeah. I was like, actually, but, I kind of think it's her. But you have two well known. Very seasoned detectives. One, the mind hunter himself, John Douglas. Two, Lou Schmidt, who has a 90% solve ratio on homicides over 200 cases. He went and he did the whole thing like the cops should have done earlier. He's the one that climbed out the window, right? Yeah, he's the one that climbed out the window and everything. He went through everything step by step by a logic base. And he said, nope, they didn't do it. He's the one that brought the stun gun theory up. And you you think Patsy did it? Explain those damn marks. Those damn marks look like stun gun. They I'm do. sorry. That, there's just too well, compelling. It does. Because where the hell would you get those marks what? like that? The train track from Burke. So he just hit her in the neck with the train track? No, he hit her in the head with a flashlight. But they could have been playing with the train before. And he could have been, I don't know. I, I don't know. But could it have been? But Lou Schmidt but hang on, has hang on. done so, a lot of stun gun cases, and he said, "Yeah, this is it." He even knew the exact model. It was a stair so, taser. Again, just because the Ramseys said they didn't have a stun gun, does that mean that they didn't have a stun gun and I, threw it away? Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, you don't have to register for a stun gun, do you? No, but I don't think they had a stun gun. It's just they, they, what, what if it was in the trash? What if she was fucking put in the trash when she was cleaning up? And it went right in the garbage, picked up the next Monday. That would mean nobody, Patsy. Nobody or, realized that it would was done in tracks for like a year. Yeah, but you'd have to be a freaking genius to go to that much length to cover it up. All right, she's she we, we killed her by accident. All right, we we tied the literature around her, almost cut her head off. We sexually assaulted her. That's pretty good, right? No, let's put one more cherry on this pie and let's stun gun her. That'd throw him off. Who is going to say that about their fucking six-year-old daughter? I don't care what kind of monster you are. I don't know anyone that would say that about their six-year-old daughter. Oh, but, let's let's sexually assault her. Let's almost cut her head off with a freaking literature. Yeah, let's freaking... but going back to the sexual assault, she was a bedwetter, so that could have been happening. Yeah. But they then the doctor came out and said that that wasn't... Okay, so let's throw out the sexual assault. Okay, let's... Let's crack her skull open, or that was already done, okay? Let's choke her to death, even though she's already dead, and then let's stun gun her. 
I mean, if you just, I, I know it's it's not empirical. I know it's not coming out of logic, but it just sounds like fucking crazy that, I don't know. So how did she eat the pineapple? There was two fingerprints on the bowl. Now you got to understand, I don't know what evidence they're trying to find. This is the Ramsey's house. Their fingerprints are damn near everywhere. I'm right. surprised the whole family wasn't on that bowl. I mean, you go in the kitchen, but I guarantee there were, you there's 3,000 fingerprints of mine because I hardly ever use soap. I just use hard water <laughs> and the spray. But there is finger, but there were no other fingerprints on that bowl. Just Patsy's and Burke's. Just Patsy's and Burke's. That was it. But, okay, so if according to their timeline, if they went to bed and yeah. someone, so it would have had to have been someone that she, unless this little girl gets up in the middle of the night and makes her own food. Maybe she started choking on the pineapple, fell and hit her head. No. I don't know, Jen. Her skull. Well, wouldn't it show that she choked? Yeah. Guys, if if oh, you're yeah. on the forum, I, I put a link to the pictures. But if you saw the skull, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to fall off out of a damn skyscraper to crack your skull We're like that. We're talking the staircase type. I mean, yeah. you got to freaking fall like a hundred miles an hour. I mean, her skull was literally yeah, cracked in half. Yeah. But you're also, I mean, she's also a child, yeah. so it's not going to take as much. Mm-hmm. So, all right. But, but, oh, but hang on. Let's, let's flush out this pineapple thing. So if they go to bed, the family goes to bed, she's, she's asleep when they take her home. They put her in bed. They think that based on the, and that's like 930, they think that based on the digestion of the pineapple, the murder happened around 1.30 a.m. And there's a bowl of pineapple on the table. So someone got her out of bed. To go eat pineapple? Or or she went to go get pineapple. I think that's but like, likely. But I think, did she go get it herself? Or did someone she know say, okay, you're up, you at the bed. Let's go have some pineapple before you go back to bed. You're hungry. Yeah, that sounds logical. But so it could or, be like that Santa Claus guy, what they said. Or is it more likely they wet the bed? Patsy was already agitated. John Bonet said she was hungry, wouldn't stop complaining about the fact that she was hungry. Patsy got said, mm-hmm. "Okay, fine, you can have some pineapple." And something happened then. Could be. Yeah. All the interviews of Patsy's friends was like, "Oh, she's a great mother." There's plenty of great mothers out there that snap and drown their kids in the bathtub. I'm just saying. Well, they might not be really great mothers well, if they end up I'm doing just that. Saying, people, like, they may have the perception of that. It. You can be a great mother and then just lose your shit and then go overboard and do something you'll regret. I'm going to say, you, you may have the perception that you're a good mother. but Well, if you, you know snap, what I'm saying. Like, everyone would think mother. you're a good mother. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you still may be, but you just lose your shit. I mean, you know, the freak, she was about to turn 40 and she had this trip coming up to her, her vacation home. I mean, that's a big thing. Fucking rich people. Fucking shit. <laughs> hey, guys, I want to point out, if you want to support the podcast, go to talkmer.com slash join. We got some stickers for you. We got some T-shirts. We got a lot of love. Some shout-outs. Boom. SBTC. I want to throw that up real quick because you asked about that last time. Yeah. No one knows for sure. If it was Patsy, mm-hmm. it could have been random letters. It could have been, I hear this a lot, saved by the cross. Mm-hmm. She belongs to Christ, or a much more compelling theory, Southwestern Bell T. 
telephone company because there was a uh, Southwestern Bell telephone company phone book just below the counter mm. where the pen was found and where the notebook was taken from. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, shit. I, I'm, I just like saying, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that is very plausible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying. But that's that case of trying to make something fit a narrative that doesn't really fit. Well, I I would kind of think that they were just random letters. And so somebody probably looked at the book when they were writing. It's like, I mean, whether it was Patsy or somebody else, they could have been like, hmm, how am I going to sign this? Mm -hmm. There's two camps, as I talked about, you guys know. With our talk as primos, we're going to try to pick one. We're probably going to try to fight over it. Not really, but like this is a fighting case. Like no one really knows and everyone has an opinion. So let's talk about the primary detective, Steve Thomas. I'm going to go through what he thinks happened. So he believes it was a Patsy thing and John had nothing to do with it at first, but then he was in the cover-up. You know, whatever happens, John Benet wets the bed. She's constant bedwetter. 130 rolls around. Patsy loses her shit, smashes her head, smashes her head on the bathtub, freaks out. I killed my little girl. Should I wake John up? No, because then he'll know that I was that my handprints are all over her. That was I lost my shit. And she probably wouldn't actually go to prison for a long time, but still. So she's like, all right, well, I gotta cover this up somehow. Mm-hmm. That's when she had all those hours to yep. stage this thing, which is why she was in her clothes, because she literally didn't sleep that night. And John Ramsey actually provided a real life account of not knowing. This is what John Douglas says. Most killers that try to stage a scene will not go and find the body themselves. They'll let someone else find it. Think about it. Mm. So you yeah. can be, you can be one of the reactors and not, you know, and have to fake this whole thing you just let someone else find it and then you you react to it mm-hmm. how they're reacting mm. you know what i'm saying true john actually found the body first but he was kind of put in the situation to go find the right. body See, just, but he didn't but maybe well maybe he didn't know he legitimately found the body and plus they actually saw him reading the note reading it like trying to figure out what it was like reading it slowly i will have to okay. say Going to your point about the reacting, actually, I'm not going to start with that. I'm going to back up, back up, back up. I still think that the police should have, should have, I'm still confused as to why the police didn't find the body. They just didn't look enough. But then again, it's a big house and they just didn't look either. I think they looked in that room, but it was dark and I don't think they could find a light switch or something like that. But then again, you got to. It's a ransom. The girl's probably gone. The, the police fucked it up. Yeah. 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 That, okay. The police yeah. agreed. Fuck per, up number one. Per, yeah. Per, yeah. Police mistake number one. The police should have found the body. Exactly. They, they should have. They, the police should have found the body. They didn't. And here we are today. Um, point number two. When we were watching the interviews with John and Patsy, um, I, I, as you guys know, I pay a lot of attention to. Um, body language when I'm looking at things like this and John even though I haven't ruled him out completely he had more of a believable presence than Patsy did I feel I feel that Patsy she's very focused if you if you're watching the tapes and if you haven't looked at it in this light 
look at oh, it in this light. She's very focused on what she's saying. She has this crazy look in her eye. Not necessarily crazy, but just kind of like focused. She's trying very hard to maintain eye contact with the police interviewers. She puts a lot of emphasis on things. I did not kill my daughter. And then she blinks. Also, but going back to your reaction point, it was stated that John brought her upstairs. Patsy was so distraught that she was holding her daughter weeping, rocking back and forth, holding the corpse of her daughter, which again, uh, police should not now that she's upstairs that detective should have been like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you have to step away like they were like family friends walking around the house, but it was like, oh, you mind if I go take a piss? Exactly, to Jen's point, like she's rocking the body and holding the body further contaminating the evidence Not, not necessarily just contaminating the evidence, but Obviously, I'm not on a show. Yeah, very dramatic. I'm not going to say that it's not right because everyone grieves differently. It's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, the Lion King when Simba finds Mufasa. But I mean, he didn't rock Mufasa back and forth. But I just feel like. I I don't know. It's like and and Patsy is a former, you know, beauty queen. Probably maybe you have had thought about stepping into acting. I I don't know her history, but like, I just feel like to. Yeah, yeah. Like, she and the whole it's theatrical. Jesus, you yeah. raised uh, what was it, Lazarus from the dead? Raised my yeah, baby. Yeah, very theatrical. I don't know because like people do greet differently. People react differently. Honestly, if that happened to me, I would be like John, just like not talking, reserved. I won't. I don't show emotion for anything. Like I, I could lose a best friend, and I won't show any emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, Have you ever seen experience. me show any emotion? Like I will grieve, grieve in private. Yeah, I mean, but your experience is different. I mean, everyone has a different experience. Like, you went to war. Like, you, you know. I don't, I don't even know how I grieve because, I, I, I mean, I've lost grandparents. I haven't, I've been fortunate enough to not have lost a friend or anyone, like, you know, my age um, that I was close with. Um, but I just, I don't want to, I don't want to judge or condemn her for her grieving because I don't know like obviously I never had a daughter that was murdered and found in my house I just feel like it's very extra it's a lot so that's the one camp basically detective Steve Thomas very seasoned detective very thorough said this is what happened I'm putting the interview of course you can see it on YouTube but you can also see it on if you're a supremo and we're going to be talking about all this but he runs through the whole thing as he quotes, imagined it would happen is very convincing. It is very, very convincing, and it's hard to be like, ah, oh, no, that didn't happen. But then you have Lou Schmidt, who has another story. He said possibly one or two people were in the house that were not supposed to be there. The Ramses were actually at a friend's house. They didn't get back to nine thirty that night. That meant the note was already written because. The killer or killers were already inside the house. They had already written the note. Now they were hiding out. The killer uses a stun gun, goes up to John Bonet's room, tases her with a stun gun, brings her downstairs, tries to put her in that suitcase that you guys saw right there mm-hmm. while she was still alive, which means she wasn't killed upstairs. 
tried to fit her in a suitcase. Maybe she didn't fit. Maybe he couldn't get the suitcase out the window. So instead, he decided, all right, my plan is fouled. I'm just going to kill her now, kill her now, do the thing now. And that's what he did down. He had about 45 minutes of, you know, what happened down in the basement. And then he fled, taking the stun gun with him. That's a very convincing theory. That also goes with the high-tech boot print that was found right outside the window. Also with the scuff mark. Also the very compelling marks on the neck that I just cannot get out of my mind. It, it, I cannot see the parents of a deceased child tasing their own son just fucking because. I, but who knows? But why bother? Why bother what? Stealing You're, the girl? No. Why bother? I mean. Tasing? No, like with the ransom note. Well, it was probably, a, it could have been a child. We're going to talk about child predators and stuff. Yes. I mean, you have, but if, if you, uh, this okay. girl that looks like she's 18 and she's six because she's dressing up like this, you, I mean, a lot of people probably want her. There's right. people at the pageants that are probably dreaming of it. Yeah. It's I, d- disgusting, but I understand that, but it, you have, a ransom note that says you you're demanding one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. You're not going to get your money, and you just killed a girl. Well, maybe he was. Maybe he was going to get the money. He was going to take the girl, put her in a suitcase, and literally legit do the money thing. But then he noticed all these cops are coming to the house. But I mean, you've already killed her. Now, yeah, but he but he thought he was going to take her out of the house. With the, in the suitcase and get her out the then window. Then why leave this? Keep the because note. he couldn't get the suitcase out of the house. He then had if already, you've spent all that time in the house and you haven't woken anyone up, why are you going to leave the note saying? I wouldn't necessarily go back. You wouldn't go it. back and get the note. You're fleeing. I mean, you just raped a six year old girl and murdered her. You're getting out of the house. You're not going to go back and be like, I got to pick that note and that pineapple thing up. I mean, you're out. If you they know. were, if if they were already in the house. Okay, this is another point. Like you, you're not going to hear someone walking up your stairs and opening doors and closing doors. And they got like five stairs. They might all be they might all be heavy sleepers. Yeah, you know? and it's yeah. a big house. I know? mean, and especially if they're if it's they're all the way on the second floor and now they're in the basement. You yeah. ain't gonna hear that. I don't know. That's why this is so hard because both could absolutely happen. E- either you think the family did it. And that includes covering it up. Are you thinking intruder did it? Unless you think aliens did it. And I don't think that's the case. So you're either in one of those and literally some of the best minds, most experienced people on the planet are divided. And that's what makes this case so freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Michael Helgoth, he was talking to his friend one day. He had some cars that he wanted to fix up. He was struggling with depression and. Um, but one day he told one of his friends, everything is going to be okay because I have a killer job, meaning killer, like cool, not like killer, like although it, ironic. Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think that uh, he and his buddy were going to do that would give them about 50 to $60,000 each. Uh, it was happening right around Christmas time and um, they were going to they were going to get that money. Mm hmm. A little while after the murders happened, the friend came back and said, "Hey, whatever happened to your 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 gig?" He said, "Oh, it fell through. It didn't didn't get my money." Now, hear me out. 
Wait, hang on. The rest of the story. I don't. I was just half asleep. Okay, so the rest of that story is that the guy killed himself a couple of months later, but it turned out to find that he was a right-handed guy, and the gun was shot by someone who with who by their left hand or something. Um, yeah. So they found out that it was actually a homicide, not a suicide. Mm. He was he was right-handed, and he was number one. The bullet came from someone's left hand shot at an upward angle. And not only that, most importantly through a pillowcase, meaning he was trying to commit suicide, but making sure no one hears it. Like who gives a shit? You're about to die anyway. Mm -hmm. Who do care? Who cares if anyone hears it, which means someone put the pillowcase up to his, the pillow, you know, up Mm -hmm. to his head. And then it's like a silencer. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a good one, but, and so the, the friend noticed in the pictures that there were the high tech sneakers right by the door and the stun gun and the stun the gun. exact same model stun gun that Lou Schmidt said the air taser. So, so the, and this guy really thinks that he, it was a partner and the reason why he killed him is so that, um, because the other guy, Michael felt bad and was going to talk. Mm. Yeah. Now, very compelling. Hear, hear me out. Why was there only one boot print, though? Shouldn't there have been multiple boot prints? I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Well, listen to this theory. Patsy had her, her claim to fame. She was trying to get her daughter to live vicariously through that. What if she hired someone to stage a kidnapping? They were going to use John's bonus money to pay the two guys but why Why stage stage a kidnapping kidnapping? for publicity they expected to get they expected to get john benet back and then maybe it was the partner who actually killed john benet why would you want publicity though i don't understand maybe it would have if she was kidnapped and found safely alive it would have skyrocketed her beauty pageant career it means money for the family, even though they already have plenty of it. Don't laugh at my I'm theory. Not I actually kind of like it. Far-fetched. Kinda, <laughs> they're all kind yeah. of far-fetched, yeah. to be honest. Not the Santa but, theory. Well, let me let me finish. So so then so Michael Hargroff and his buddy go to the house. They're already in the house, which may be Gary Oliva. It may be him. Okay. Go to the house. Patsy has already written the note. They go upstairs, use the stun gun on John Bonet. Obviously, that sucks, but a stun gun is not going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe they stun her, bring her down to the basement. Because they're going to carry her through that window. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just go out the door? Because they weren't actually going to take her out of the house. Maybe. No, they were going to take her out of the house. <laughs> Hold on, I'm developing this. <laughs> no, I'm I developing know. this. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> well, the window was already broken. Well, the window yeah, was already broken. So, they could, you know, maybe something went wrong. I think maybe the body was put there. If they, Patsy did have something to do with it, the body was put there because she was going to move it at another point. It was kind of put there because no one's going to check here. Right. Yeah, I think so. And so, so they, so they had this plan. They're going to use John's money to cover the expenses. Then, um, and that's why she can 
vehemently say, I did not kill my daughter. John did not kill our daughter because they didn't. Michael Hargroff and his partner did. Gary Oliva is the partner, right? He has this obsession with John Bonet, gets a whole, you know, gets a little excited, and something something happens. Yeah. <laughs> did you let. I'm into it, Jen. Yeah, See, I, this is, the, this is like the wormhole yeah. of this fucking case. I mean, you tell me anything in any snare, and I'm like, that sounds like it could have happened. Yes. It could have happened. I mean, yeah, anything could have happened. But I, I mean, maybe it wasn't necessarily Gary, Gary Oliva. Maybe, but I'm just saying, you have all these stories. I'm just saying, it could have happened. Because because what, what wouldn't someone who ha- already had their 15 minutes of fame and needs 15 more minutes of fame, wouldn't they do anything to get it? If they know, if they, assuming, assuming that nothing is going to happen to John Bonet except have those little taser marks, she'll be fine. She'll get, she'll get over that. Now, I, like I said, you have to, you have to think that, that they're the most maniacal people in the entire world to have planned this. But you come up with something better. I'm challenging you. But then the grief is real, you know, for both of them. Yep. If that's the case, because yep. I didn't expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't know. That's far fetched. It is far-fetched. It's all far-fetched. Let me run through a couple more theories, and then we'll talk. All right. Um, The Santa Claus theory is a little far-fetched. This is from the book Perfect Murder, Perfect Town, the uncensored story of John Bonet. The day before Christmas, John Bonet was at our house playing with Megan. The kids were talking about Santa, getting all excited. I asked John Bonet if she had visited Santa Claus yet. She said... Oh, Santa was just at our Christmas party the other night. Megan had seen Santa at the Pearl Street Mall, so we talked about that. Then John Bonet said, Santa Claus promised that he would make a secret visit after Christmas. I thought she was confused. Christmas is tonight, I told her. No, no, John Bonet insisted. He said this would be after Christmas, and it's a secret. There's a theory for you. Wait, but you have to, there's an actual guy. Yeah, the Santa Claus, the uh, neighborhood Santa Claus. I don't think you did it. Oh, hold on. But when I heard this, I was. Uh, yeah, you. Everything God. you hear, you think is them. That's the thing about this case. This guy's name was Bill McReynolds. He, I think, he just really wanted the media fame, but he just turned out to be a huge fucking creep. Mm. He's a Santa Claus. I want to throw that thing out there because some people believe that, and it may be him. Who knows? Um, another one, Gary Oliva. Wait, but they ruled him. Why did they rule? Him they out? ruled him out because DNA ruled out half of these suspects. Right, but they had the, very touched, very small amount of D- DNA. But on this, Jones. but I think that is part of the problem with this case is that they're saying that whoever is that extra DNA came from the killer. Yeah, when, which it was a very minute ma- amount on Long Johns, which could have gotten there. From anything. She could have been, been walking in Target and someone spit like yeah. a little bit on her. But so so exactly. So to rule out all of these people, including neighborhood Santa. But they couldn't all have killed her at that same time. No, but they could have ruled out somebody who did it just because that didn't match. And the they DNA. probably did. I'd imagine. Gary Oliva, he was recently in the news. He was a homeless man at the time living in Boulder around about 10 houses down from the Ramsey's home, he was living in a homeless shelter, like a homeless halfway house. 10 houses down? You know, it wasn't, I don't think it was, I mean, they live in an upscale. I think it was like a halfway house or something like that. But about 10 houses down. 
That's what it said. Seems and awfully close. He was mm. homeless at the time. He could have been that other person that Jen was talking about in that or the salt money making scheme. They did arrest him. He had a stun gun and a poem about John Bonet. Now he was also at the candlelight vigil that they had the next year, and they have a picture of him showing up, which is really weird. And he also they found in his home he had a complete shrine of John Bonet, including pictures and everything else. And he was a child molester. On top of that, he had a history of child molestation. But did he know who John Bonet was before John Bonet was murdered? That's the thing. For some reason, I don't know what is wrong with the psychology of some people, but this happens all the time. That everyone comes forward and claims that they did it. I, did it's he, just the fucking craziest thing. But phenomenon. did he claim it did it? He didn't. No, he didn't claim he did it, but half the other people did. Like the Santa Claus, he was kind of, oh, I'm not saying I didn't do it kind of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't actually, they, they want the media attention. And it's almost, I don't know. It's yeah, weird. it's weird. Well, for, for in this case, he could have just seen JonBenet from all the news and became obsessed with her after the fact. Mm-hmm. The other guy that came out that he does an actual interview with Investigation Discovery on their JonBenet series John Mark Carr, the guy that was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand, and brought back to the States, he was going by the name Daxus. He was a former child teacher and child molester that was married to a 13-year-old. And in he Thailand? Was, yeah, he was a pedophile. He's just a character. I, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he did it. He claims he was there on the interview that he just recently did. He claims he was there, but he didn't kill her. She died accidentally and he won't release the person that did it. So there was two people. He's full of shit. That doesn't make any sense. He didn't do it. She died accidentally, but there was someone else there who did it. I got one more theory and then we can discuss. Okay. Okay. This is what I think happened. John Benet Ramsey was a six-year-old girl from Boulder, Colorado, who was found murdered in the basement of her family home in 1996. The case remains unsolved, and many conspiracy theories surround her death, one of the most bizarre being that her death was faked, and John Benet Ramsey actually grew up to be none other than the pop star Katy Perry. Oh, oh I heard this. Yep. I heard this. Similarities are striking. Plus, she's got my last name, so she's got to be legit. What are the similarities? I don't know. They look the same. Fuck, I don't know. They should be about the same age. It's not, obviously. Oh, God. Okay, so seriously, what what do you think happened? <laughs> I don't fucking know. She's Shit. really believing this Katy Perry thing. Yeah, might as well. I mean, I might as well, because I, I read the John Douglas account. I read the Detective Steve Thomas. I mean, it's like, it literally could have gone either way. I don't know. I think Patsy wrote the note. I think Patsy wrote the note because of the similarities of her handwriting are, stri- are are very similar, but that may just be a case of me trying to force that narrative into what I already believe. I don't know. But the similarities are very striking. I don't think John Ramsey knew about it. I think Patsy flipped her shit because John Bonet was a bedwetter. And I think she was having these stressors in life. Like they, she's turning 40 and all this stuff. I mean, rich people problems, right? And she flipped her shit. She went a little too far. She probably killed her daughter by accident. And instead of facing the consequences of her actions, I think she staged the whole thing. She certainly had all night to do it. 
and she damn sure didn't change her clothes. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't explain the stun gun theory. I can't explain the boot outside the window. The writing, to me, just it does it for me. It's too similar. And there were a lot of opinions, yeah. even though in the one book it said it was a low match. Yeah. There were several other professionals who said that it was their opinion. Exactly. Well, John Douglas said it was a low match, but that may, I'm telling you, if you think that someone is innocent, you will subconsciously force any narrative into your mind to make that happen. But this, when she would, um, I'll go to talk mercy, the ransom note, but like the C, for example, the letter C. Yeah, is almost like a, a less than sign, mm-hmm. you know, in math, like yeah. the less than sign. Yeah, it's like, I mean, who and points the, the C's like that? Yeah. The O's, you know? too. They had the same. Yeah. Very distinctive. They had the same. Yeah. And the, like the Q's are like eights, which we all write our eights would, you know, we do one circle and then we do another circle. No. <laughs> That's how I learned it. In it's like a, it's like a, ups, <laughs> it was like, it's an up and down infinity sign. What do you think happened, Jen? Um, I mean, obviously I have my own theory about what happened. I just put together now. That's, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're going with? As you're, it's I a good theory, probably. Jen. I just, I mean, who, am, who, who, who knows? I mean, it could, I mean, I, I mean, that's my second, that's my second choice. My first choice, I, I'm still going with Burke because he had that mean streak. I'm going with Burke. You can do anything with a mag flashlight. I feel like we're playing Clue right now. It was Burke with the flashlight. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Here's what, I think they're remaking Clue. Oh my gosh, I loved Clue. I've never seen the original. The movie is so fun. For some reason, mm-hmm. maybe they mess up my paperwork or I don't know, get me mixed up mixed up in the system, and I end up at the pearly gates. And what? Are you whoever about? who's there? Saint Joseph. Whoever's at oh, the pearly Peter. gates. Saint Peter. Saint Peter. He's like, you can ask me anything. You want? I'll be like, who the shit killed John Benet yeah, Ramsey? That no would be kidding. the one yeah. question I well, want to know. Why man. don't you ask her yourself? She's probably up there, poor little girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not forget she's six years old. But yeah, I, I I think it was Burke and Patsy wrote the note and yeah. covered it up. Yeah. But do you, I, do you think the dad knew? I don't think he knew what. I don't think he was there when it happened. He very well could have been involved in the cover up. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that he killed his daughter. Yeah. And plus I want to point out the the Garrett. Uh-huh. I mean, no if you were to choke your child, you would just take a rope. A Garrett is something used like by a hitman. Like you you wind up the thing and you go put it over someone's well, that, throat. Like it's very That doesn't you, help the Patsy theory. I, I know, but it's like I do want to point out one more thing. This is like the only case I've seen so far that people don't refer to, well, they refer to it as a murder case, but it's also, and I saw this, it was like, wow, that makes sense. It's also referred to as a counterculture. Mm-hmm. Like it this is. case, there's a segment of the population that is obsessed with this case. Yeah. Yeah. It's a separate culture. Yeah, absolutely. Even 22 years later, I think, no one wants the case to be solved. Right. It's almost like we need this. So when you're going through the ex, like external break-in theories, I thought that the Michael, what was his last name? Har- Hargarth. Hargarth yeah. was very compelling. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it was him unless he had some sort of connection with the Ramses. If that connection was clear, it, it would be hands down. I think that would be it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's like, what made you pick them? How'd you know them? Unless like they were 
sought out. Like I, I just, if he was their handyman, ding ding ding, or something like that, then I think it, that's a, a very good, plausible one. But I, I don't think it was him because he could have been into some other shady shit with some other deal that didn't go down, and he could have just been one of those guys that has stun gun and truck boots, and that's like the only commonality, you know. Um, I think the external one that creeped me out the most was the Santa Claus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the, I'm going to visit you the day after Christmas. She gave him a tour of the whole house, including the basement. So oh. he could have seen the broken window. So I think if there's an ex- external intruder, it was Santa Claus. Uh, so if, if it was, an, if there's an external, I'm pretty, I, I'm going with Santa Claus However, the handwriting did not match Santa Claus. The handwriting matches Patsy. And so the those and so the same thing with the pineapple, the only two things, like if she's going to get up and get out of bed, it has to be someone that she knows. So it could have been Burke, it could have been her mom, it could have been her dad, it could have been Santa Claus that's saying, "Oh, you're hungry? Let's go down and get some pineapple." Oh my god, it could have been Santa. That would, oh. But yeah, but that's yeah, no, I but that's yeah, the yeah. only other person that she knows. Yeah, and she, she would trust it cuz uh, children usually trust adults. They but they know. trust Santa especially Santa. especially. Yeah. And she thinks that that guy is legitimately Santa from when yeah. she came to the party before. Yeah. So, I think if there's an external, it's Santa, but it, it it's I, I think the handwriting didn't match. So I think it's Patsy. Mm. And I did not think that that's where I was going to go when we first started this. Yeah, me neither. Until we really analyzed that handwriting. If you want to cast your own theories, join our community. We're a small time podcast. Go to talkmer.com slash join. Nicole's made us some great shirts. We'll send you one out. We'll send you a sticker. We'll send you a a handwritten card. We'll send you a lot of love, a lot of shout outs. You'll get in the forum. You can tell us what you think about this case. We love shouting people out. Our Supremos are literally our family. We literally text all the mm-hmm, Supremos mm-hmm, in the forum, mm-hmm. like back and forth. We're a legit family. If you like this podcast and you want to be a part of this, talkmore.com slash join. And huge thank you, Becca, for recommending yes, us you, doing Becca. this story. You, this has been. Yeah, thank you for ruining think, my life. Yeah, one <laughs> of the best stories we've <laughs> like, done. Don't forget to tune in on Tuesday. You'll love the episode Taco Tuesday. All right. Well, Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for listening to Talk Murder to Me. We loved this case. I hope you do too. And we will see you again on Taco Tuesday. I got new slippers, Jen. Don't they look so cute? Ooh, are those are those Uggs? No, don't take them from me. Well, I was gonna show. Are they Eddie Bauer? No, they're Olukai, like that Hawaiian. Oh, the Hawaiian brand. Oh, that's right. I remember. Okay, so I volunteered with uh, one of our volunteers is a native of Hawaii. Uh huh. Hawaii, and that's how you say it. Hawaii, like something like yeah, with a little bit of a V. Yes. It's Hawaii. not. It. My grandmother was right all these years. It was not. It's not Hawaii. It's Hawaii. No, but not Vi. Like Hawaii. not. You don't. Yeah, Hawaii. 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 Yeah, Hawaii. So, um, and oh there's gosh. a Grandma Blanche is Blanche pumping her fist right now. Blanche, we love it. Blanche. What and are y'all talking about? I have no idea. Hawaii. 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 I asked you how your conference was. How do we get? She met someone because from Hawaii who oh, okay. was volunteering with us. At one point, I was talking about icebreakers and how normally 
Um, I, I was oh, talking I love about that gum, icebreakers gum. Mm, mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's not. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout.